1: It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Rusanda Amadou. Tonight, I'm here with
2: Nashika Ciza.
1: And coming up over the next 90 minutes.
3: In our journey to discharge our oversight duties as a corpus, we shall not be needlessly obstructionist in as much as what is under consideration is in the interest of the people of Ghana.
1: Dr. K. Zelatofosin takes over as leader of the minority side in parliament as Haruna Idrisu vacates the front row on the first day of sitting since the NDC shake-up. Also coming up, talking about shake-ups, President Akufado makes his much-anticipated changes to the government, but it was not as massive as expected. We'll tell you who is joining his government to replace the ministers who voluntarily resigned. And later, on Eyewitness News, is deadline day for the government's debt exchange program. But as Ken Ufriata is begging for people to help fix the economy, we ask, was the government or has the government succeeded in securing what it wanted? Still with 97.3 CTF of more on this and many other stories on Eyewitness News and in business...
2: Government being urged to improve its expenditure and fiscal consolidation in order to meet its 80% target in the debt exchange program.
1: That's in 50 minutes from the business desk of CTFM and Cities TV. Nashika will be giving us details of those stories. We are live across Ghana on a number of affiliate stations. If you go to the western region, we are on Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi, as well as Sky Power, 93.5 FM, also in Takradi. Now, if you go to the Bono region, we are on Greener, 95.9 FM in Suyani. In the Ahafo region, we are on Hames Radio, 106.5 FM in Goso. In the Ashanti region, we are on Focus, 94.3 FM in Kumasi. Orange, 107.9 FM, also in Kumasi. In the Volta region, Revival, 99.3 FM in Tajavu. Cool, 103.5 FM in Ho. In the northern region, we are on Radio Bimbela 91.9 FM. Upper east, we are on Tanga Radio 93.7 FM in Bolga, Tanga. In the upper west region, we are on Tungsung 97.3 FM in Wa and Jirapa 96.1 FM also in Jirapa. We are also live across the world via Facebook Live and uh, you can watch us live on CTFM's Facebook handle and also drop your comments There, We are also on citynewsroom.com, and uh, you can listen to us no matter where you are. We are live across the globe on citynewsroom.com. Let us know what you think of the stories you are bringing you. On WhatsApp, it's 0549-986-996. 0549-996-996. Do drop your messages and the world will hear. What do you think? Let's settle for details of our stories now. And Parliament has been on recess and resumed today. Two weeks ago, the NDC announced that it had changed the leadership front or its leadership in the minority on the minority side. There was lots of brouhaha. Indeed, there was almost, if you can describe it, as turmoil within the NDC. Today, we saw in the chamber that that leadership decision has taken effect. Essentially, Johnson Asiedun Kitia, General Secretary of NDC, has won. Ayukwe Okain Ni Ayukwe Okain? is a correspondent in Parliament. He was observing from the press gallery as things unfolded today. new york i welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you, Sanda. Well, so, um, yesterday we were given an assurance that the NDC side was going to rally behind Kezla Toforsin and Co. as new leaders... In the, on the minority side in the chamber. How did it all pan out today?
4: Okay, so this morning, as the speaker indicated to members of the House that they would be resuming at 10 a.m., we started seeing the members of Parliament tripping into the chamber to undertake their business. And in the process, we saw the minority, former minority leader, Haruna Idris, who coming in uh, with some smiles, beaming smiles on the face and all that, exchanging pleasantries with his colleague MPs in the House and we later saw the former Minority Chief Whip, that's Mohammed Mubarak Muntaka also uh, coming into the chamber to exchange pleasantries with his colleagues. Before we, we we later saw the new leaders of the Minority Caucus led by Dr. Kesia Tuforsen and the Minority uh, Deputy Minority Leader Emmanuel Amakufibo, as well as the minority chief web governance also making their way into the chamber.
1: So they just came around, exchanged pleasantries. They did not sit, did they? So
4: former leader Harry Idrisu and Muntaka did not sit, but for former deputy minority leader uh, James Kuluchav, he took a seat right behind the new
1: leaders. Okay, so he remained through proceedings, but the two did not. The two so they left, they went on. out of the chamber. Yes. Are, are you sure? Maybe they. They At the far end, you know, under where the cameramen stand, maybe you never see. it. Well, no, uh, even as, even good, as good as, as
4: my eyes could see, mm. I, I couldn't sight them. You couldn't, the
1: so, so it means they were simply out of yes, the, the chamber. Yes, but yes. if they were, they would have been where a Veggie is, maybe sure. Did it look like there was provision for them to sit where well, they were? So, so
4: when they seated, we, we couldn't see any space made available for them, for them to that effect. But if they were supposed to be in the chamber, that's when we could have noticed where exactly their position were going to be.
1: Were there any comments on the floor from any of the sides, either from the NDC side or the MPP side, about the new shake-up?
4: So the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Bagbin, in his messages to the House indicated or reiterated the letter that the NDC sent to him uh, conveying their message to the shake-up uh, that they had wanted to undertake, which they eventually did. And then also the Speaker of Parliament actually welcomed the new leaders and also gave some comforting message to the former leaders he said they, the god will be their their shepherd they shall not want okay. and then also they should just look uh, you know look up for better opportunities so they, they shouldn't fear at all I see. so these were some of the comforting messages that came from the speaker it's
1: interesting but the whole minority side everybody was there or almost everybody was Almost there.
4: everybody was there today the house was actually full capacity
1: so it didn't look like the NDC MPs had any difficulty having a new leader there? They, from they the were firm and ready. From the
4: indication we had from the House today, everything seemed okay. On so maybe announced.
1: you saw everybody, almost everybody, except maybe Harun Adris and Muntaka, seated during proceedings. Exactly. Okay. I see. Did they give like a welcome address? at So we, yes, we we had a welcome address from
4: the uh, minority leader Dr. Kizella, to Fosun, and he was appreciating the efforts made by the former leaders, and he also assured that he is going to consult them in whatever you know actions or you know leadership that he is supposed to exhibit mm. in the house. And he also indicated that uh, he is going to have an unbiased and then a consultative leadership to that effect in the chamber.
1: I think we can listen to him. Sure.
4: To my colleagues
3: on the minority side, we pledge to offer a fair and unbiased, balanced, consultative and principled leadership in our journey to broaden the frontiers of parliamentary oversight and to hold the Akufuado and the large Bahumia government to account in a manner that helps deliver public goods. As a speaker, to my colleagues on the majority side, I wish to convey from this side of the House That even as we remain firm, resolute, and principled in our journey to discharge our oversight duties as a caucus, we shall not be needlessly obstructionist in as much as what is under consideration is in the interest of the people of Ghana and the right process and requirements have been adhered to. Again, Mr. Speaker, just yesterday, our minister responsible for finance informed the nation that Ghana needs an IMF bailout by March 2023, else, our economy will crash. It is interesting to note that it is the same finance minister who recently said that Ghana, I can tell you in quotes, that I can tell you we are not going back to IMF. Whatever we do, we are not going back. The consequences are there. We are a proud nation. We have the resources. We have the capacity. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. We are not the people of short sight. We'll Mr. Speaker, Mr. Speaker, the people of Ghana looks up to us to mount a barrier between them and the Western standards of governance, especially because of the hand nature of this parliament. The speaker, this demands the highest level of scrutiny of government policies and activities to prevent the infliction of more damage and pain on an already wary and overburdened populace. It is unclear, based on the history of the minor of the majority side in this House, in the eighth parliament, whether they are motivated like we are to put the brakes on the very poor governance we have seen so far. Mr. Speaker, I can say with all the confidence I can master that we on the minority side mean business and we are up to the task. Again, Mr. Speaker, we are simply unwilling to countenance any more bad governance and we will insist on the highest level of performance from all government officials and institutions over whom. This Parliament has oversight and jurisdictions. We are unwilling to be part of any negligence of duty of any sort and neither shall we tolerate any lackadaisical attitude towards the work of this House by public officials. We will maintain the highest level of vigilance and offer intense scrutiny of government programs, policies, agreements, bills and legislative instruments. We will also not compromise on what we we earnestly believe to be the right thing. Again, Mr. Speaker, this is our solemn pledge as the Minority Caucus under my leadership to the people of Ghana. Finally, Mr. Speaker, I wish to thank you, Mr. Speaker, for your strong leadership of this House and the, and, and the very long years of public service. Mr. Speaker, I look forward to working closely with you and the members of parliament in this, in, in this my new capacity as the Minority Leader and to ensure A smooth and orderly execution of our mandate as Parliament on behalf of the people of Ghana. I thank you so much, Speaker, for the opportunity.
1: So that's Dr. Kizla Tuforsin, Member of Parliament, Ejumakwe Nyanesim, who is now the minority leader in the House of Parliament, replacing the Honorable Haruna. Idrisu. Uh, so, Niai sure. that's his address, obviously. He's made an address to the House as leader sure. uh, of, of the side. His deputy did not say anything. His new deputy, no. his whip, did not say anything. No. Was um, the Banda MP there? Ahmed Ibrahim, yes. There. And yes. Doyoganza was also there. Yes. So, that was a full complement of the uh, minority uh, branch. Yeah, what about side. the majority side? Any changes? So, no,
4: there hasn't been any changes yet from the majority side, but we had... An address from the majority leader, Sabonso, and he was actually uh, appreciating the efforts of the former leaders, and he indicated that even due to the cordiality that existed between him and then the former minority leader Harun Idrisu, there were some rumours that uh, the min- former minority leader Harun Idrisu was actually doing the bidding of the majority side in Parliament, which actually necessitated the reshuffle, but he actually used the opportunity to debunk such allegations, saying that they were
1: mm. untrue. L- let's listen to him too.
5: President, the speaker, let me use this occasion to state emphatically and unambiguously that no such thing ever happened. I developed a very harmonious working relationship, and people then read meanings into that. The business of the minority leader to assist the majority leader in facilitating government work program. And if a person does that, that should not be perceived as selling out to the majority. Mr. Speaker, I wish all the former leaders, both names I've mentioned, Haruna Idrisu, James Abeji Kuche and Yanabou Muntaka Mubarak Mohammed very well wherever they find themselves. Let me take this opportunity to also welcome uh, the new leadership of the minority to their new position. I trust that as leadership we can work together to build parliament. The speaker Yanabou Atuforsen has been a friend and brother. Ama Kufibua, a colleague from the Western region, is being a close associate from the Western flank, just as Yanabu Abuja, the Agbaja dancer, is a professional colleague and he also operates from the Eastern flank. The speaker, I want to believe that we can work together to achieve the functionality of parliament, and I look forward, and indeed all of us in the leadership of the majority look forward to working with the new leadership in a very professional manner to promote transparent and accountable government that indeed will help to grow Ghana, to improve the living standards of our people. That is what Parliament exists for, that is what we must receive.
1: That's the noble Osechi Mensah MP for Swami and uh, majority leader. He's also the Minister for Parliamentary Affairs. Exactly. So um, that is it. The ball has been set rolling, business planned. What's the agenda of the House this time that they've come? Okay, so today they also made clear to
4: us what the business statements of the House would be for this week. And uh, the majority leader, Osechi so Mensah also revealed that the House could adjourn around... Uh, the end of March okay. and then also he indicated that the president is expected to appear before the house to present the state of the nation's address and uh, based on the business statement that was presented there were some concerns that were also raised by some members of the minority caucus and they were actually calling for a policy brief on the government's debt exchange program so these these were some of the concerns that were raised and also having to do with the gold for oil, oil deal mm. they were demanding for much details on this particular transaction from the government before the house,
1: I see. And then the shocker dropped. The speaker mm-hmm. would usually read an announcement to the to the house, and mm-hmm. the announcement contained an announcement from or a message from the president, which is the new ministers that he has nominated to fill the vacant positions. When we come back, I will let you walk us through that list and what the reaction of MPs was. This is Eyewitness News on ninety seven point three City Please stay.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
6: Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash city 97.3. Twitter at Twitter.com forward slash city 973. And Instagram at Instagram.com forward slash city 973.
1: With the hashtag Eyewitness News. Welcome back to Awareness News on 97.3 CTFM. Since last year, we were told President Akufado was scheduled to reshuffle his government. That reshuffle has been long in coming. It eventually arrived today. Usually, we would see the communication in the public domain before the speaker even reads the communication from the speaker. This time around, we saw the communication from the speaker, or we heard from the speaker announcing who the president wants to occupy which position. Of course, Parliament will then have to uh, vet these particular individuals, approve them uh, before they can be sworn in to become ministers. And so the Honourable Abansumana kingsford Bagbin, that's right, Honourable Abansumana kingsford Bagbin, made the announcement today. Niaikwe, um, did it look like people were expecting this announcement when he started reading the... Because he usually we read the communications, the president is travelling or A, B, C, D. Did you look like m p s were expecting this information uh,
4: from their disposition, some of them were actually were expecting because some were already mentioning. Dr. Stephen Amway's name, even when the speaker started speaking, so they had some of them probably had an idea of what exactly the speaker was.
1: But the information had not gone to the press gallery as yet. So, for the fair, you heard it for the first time from from the the speaker. So, walk us through who and who he listed as the president's choice. Okay, so
4: he first indicated that Katie Hammond, that's the MP for Adansia Sokwa, has been named to replace Alan Treman as the trade minister. And then also, so Katie
1: Hammond was once the deputy minister for energy it, in energy. the Kufu administration. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, he was recently co-chair of that committee, that Senja committee that was set up sure. uh, to to possibly uh, Senja, uh, pass a vote of Senja against the minister no, of finance. Minister, yeah, so but that's honourable cabinet Tahir Hammond sure. He's going to Ministry of Trade, Trade and to replace Alan Chermonting. Yeah. Alan has resigned to sure. go and concentrate on his presidential campaign. Okay, next person.
4: We also have Brian Echampon, who is the MP for Abetifi.
1: So, Brian Echampon was a Minister for National Security. He was at the Ministry of National Security. Presidency. And he was also at the Ministry for the Interior. Yeah. MP for Abetifi. Sure. So, his name, that's what? He's named as the Minister for Food and
4: Agriculture, replacing Dr. Usu Efri Akutu.
1: So, Dr. also um also resigned, also resigned to run for, for, for the presidency. Okay, next person.
4: Stephen Asamuabuateng also going to the Chief Tensier Religious Affairs Ministry.
1: Stephen Asamoah Boateng. Asabi, As Asabi. Asabi. Former Minister of Information in the Kufo Administration. Sami, you have come and help me with his portfolio and other people. Uh, so Stephen Asamoah Boateng was a um, member of Parliament in the Central Region. What constituency was that? Um, man, man. Even, okay, and then he, he, he was also Minister for Information and
6: became Information and Local Government Minister, minister at a point in time.
1: I see, yes. And so, yeah. when
6: the Kufo government was exiting, he was then Information Minister between 2007 and 2008 after Dambuche left to contest the MPP primaries in 2007.
1: And recently, he was the boss he of SIGA. That's a state interest, uh, governance, governance
6: um, authority or institution, one of the Authority,
1: yeah. which yeah. was set up to, to take care of the state All enterprises. State agencies, yes. I see. And then he left there because... He left to
6: go and contest the national chairmanship of the MPP. Mm. Unfortunately, he couldn't make the mark.
1: Unfortunately for him, he, yes. he, he lost.
6: He lost to Stephen uh, Intim. team. Five time the incumbent, contender, the incumbent chairman now. Okay, so um, more or less he was unemployed in court. Mm-hmm. So the president found it relevant to appoint him to that ministry after the September minister resigned on health ground. Kujokum was then the minister and MP for Hunter West. He resigned about a week ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he officially wrote to the president, and the president accepted his recognition. And so Asoma is coming in to replace him. After that particular resignation,
1: we remember that minister, the minister for chieftaincy, during that crucial vote in Parliament, where an ambulance was parked at the front. Alleged seat.
6: ambulance? No, no,
1: the ambulance was not alleged, but whether the he is the one that he was in there. Yeah, yes, we're told he was the one who was in that ambulance in case there's a need for a critical vote he would be pulled onto the, the, brought into the chamber on a stretcher to come and cast his ballot. So we remember him. And he hasn't been in the public uh, domain. He's not been well. He's not been well.
6: Um, After he was sworn in in 2001,
1: Mm. uh, he fell sick. 2021. 2021, sorry. Mm.
6: He fell sick and he hasn't been well ever since. But recently, um, the chiefs of the western region, uh, about two weeks ago, were at the Jubilee House to see the president. And one of them made comment that now he's getting better and gradually he's getting onto his feet. So, it presupposed that
1: he's, he's well and updoing uh, now. So, he's resigned, he's replaced. Asabi now goes there. Um, what else do you know about Asabi? Well, um,
6: apart from him, he a former MP, a former uh, minister, um, aside Sega and the rest. He was known to have a good voice he mm. was one time a, a chrysler
1: okay that's yes. a nice one was asabi the man who was um the time the taxi drivers had issue with fuel price was it him under the kufa administration i think when they were ch- or it was not him i, I, I don't remember okay that. that's fine so i uh, we've already mentioned um uh, uh brian champo so like brian champo is actually. going to agriculture mm. and and anything on him
6: Well, um, as as you said, former Minister of State National Security, MP. Mm. He's known as the the king of the coal area. Because a lot of people say... MP
1: for the coal traditional area.
6: (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people say he controls all the constituencies under the coal enclaves. We talk about and well, price or well, and control, control. control would
1: not be a right word, maybe he has influence in the area yeah. uh, I don't know whether we should so say, in there in are independent coco, MPs representing all others. those and countries. he's
6: known to be a, a strong man in the eastern region politics of the MPP mm, within mm. the eastern region blog of the MPP, he's considered a very influential person, and many
1: expected that he should have been in the government from the beginning and um, mm-hmm. he has not been nominated throughout, and now he's been given this job, the same with Katie Harmon. Katie Harmon. So many people penciled him for Energy Ministry in 2017. That did not happen. So he's been in the shadows all these years.
6: I I understand there were a lot of talking even before he accepted this particular role because the president needed a senior person to handle the Trade Ministry uh, in cabinet aside the Finance Ministry. The most important is trade because that's where a lot of investments are made. You know, government has uh, made a lot of promises within the trade. Mm -hmm. sector, 1D, 1F, you know, the assembling of of uh, plants by huge vehicles. vehicles. Mm -hmm. So the president needed uh, a senior most person to handle that particular ministry. And information I'm gathering is that a lot of talking went into it. To convince him? Before finally, KT agreed to to head that particular ministry,
1: indeed. Uh, let's also say that so his, his strength, what we know him for, is the energy, energy side. sector. He has yes. been deputy energy minister under Kufo. I think he worked under Albert Kandapa, yes, yes, That's at the time, yes. He was deputy at minister point for the in interior time. And when
6: MP was in a post, He was a voice of the MPP when it comes to issues
1: of energy. And people really expected yes. that he becomes energy minister, and now he's going to a new portfolio. But he's a lawyer, and the, the argument and the point has been made that when you're a lawyer, usually a lot of these things will fall in line for you because almost everything is the law. It's the law, and he has within been, the energy
6: sector, you know they deal with the law more often.
1: And he has been in the he's, <laughs> he's been a lawyer for like forever. Because <laughs> I remember when he and uh, uh, Honourable Dominic Ayine had to uh, co-chair uh, that committee, uh, yes, yes, he yes, made it yes, clear yes, that he was yes, a senior, yes, yes, yes. and and so he made that point. All right, so that's Honourable K.T. Hamon entering the government, um, Brenda Champon re-entering the government. General Stephen as Samoa boatin entering the government because well, he didn't serve in the first term of Akuvado, did he? No, he didn't. Not as a minister. No. no. So he's entering the government too. Okay. Um. What did I say so, Brian? You. Are you quick? Yes. What else?
4: So Doctor Steven as uh, That's the MP for Shire. So.
1: He's a first term MP.
4: Yes. So he is also going to serve as a deputy minister for Trade and Industry.
1: What do we know about Sticker? He He Have. has a doctorate.
6: Yes, he's a doctor. A former CEO of Maslog. A former Ashanti regional organi- youth organizer and became organizer uh, for the region before he entered to parliament. Um, the expectation was that he was going to be made a deputy finance minister during the 2020 after the MPP won the 2020 election
1: because of the role he played in the finance he's been very vociferous almost defending the government he's a
6: finance person Mm -hmm. you know his bagger is in finance Mm -hmm. he's really CV he's done a lot of courses when it comes to finance a lot of people thought the finance committee of 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 parliament so uh, going to that particular bag, a lot of people thought he was going to get a or deputy um, after in 2021 Mm -hmm. but that didn't happen
1: I I remember Um, how he almost Got into festivals on the election yeah, night, yeah, January 6 into yeah. January 7, where he insisted that the MPP had to have a speaker on their side. and I remember something that happened out there, so he's finally been named now. He's going to be deputy minister for trade. For trade, yes. So he's going to be deputy to Katie. To to Already, we have two deputies yes. at trade, Dokua uh, and Befi. So I'm a Dokua MP for Ekropong. yes, the honorable yeah, yeah. MP for Kofarida Nidaben. Yeah.
6: New Nujabe is, is it south, north
1: or south? south, one of them. In south, so yeah. Now, there was someone who was there as he, uh, deputy, Herbert Crapper. Herbert yeah. Crapper. He's not an MP. He's not an MP. There's an announcement on him. So he
4: has also been moved to the energy ministry to replace uh, Mohammed Amin Adam, who was also a deputy at the
1: energy ministry. Critical. Herbert Crapper was a close ally and A very close associate. He was a press
6: secretary to then-candidate kufado between 2011 and 2014.
1: Before Eugene Before
6: Eugene came. So Herbert left for school. Uh, went to study in London for a while. And then in 2017, when MPP won, I think he came back. He was then made a government spokesperson mm-hmm. on legal and security. So he was one of five spokespersons yes, at the time. at the, at the time. Mm-hmm. Spokesperson for legal and security. Mm-hmm. He was within that range until... After the 2020 election, when he was appointed a deputy uh, trade trade minister. So he is removed
1: from trade now to go to, to energy. energy. Okay, why is he being taken to energy? Because there's well, a vacancy so Mohamed Amin
4: Adam has also been moved to the finance ministry as the minister, the of, minister state. of
1: state. So Mohamed exactly. Amin Anta MP Karagar. yes we yes. remember him at ASEP. ASEP then. Yes. So he and and all of those people were running ASEP at the time. He was a
6: former mayor of Tamale under Kufour's regime.
1: He's, he yeah. tried to run for off parliament in Tamale Central. It didn't work. And yeah, then, then he, he moved went on to Karga Canada and he won. He won there. So he is being made what? Minister
4: of State at the Finance Ministry. So this is Charles Edoubouahi.
1: So this is a Charles Edoubouahi position. He's yes, been vacant yes. since Charles left the government. Yeah. Now he goes there to go and replace him. Stephen Amua becomes a deputy at trade. Yeah. There's a vacancy at finance. And then Herbert Crapper goes, goes there. In there. Okay, who else do we have? Does it. So we have
4: Obi Amua, that's the MP for Equipim South, also serving as the Minister of State, and the same ministry that he is, that's local government and rural development.
1: So he was Deputy Local Government Minister, he's yeah. been there.
6: He's called Senior Senior Prefect when Thank it comes you. to Deputy Minister.
1: I was Deputy Minister. He was Deputy and Minister that, and Kofu, He
6: was Deputy Minister for mm-hmm. Youth and Sports. Mm-hmm. He served... I think that portfolio for a long while mm-hmm. until 2008, mm-hmm. and then when the MPP came again in 2016, he was still made a deputy minister for local government, mm-hmm. and he still remains a minister, a deputy minister for local so government. So it's almost like
1: he he's, he's he has they outgrown him the
6: senior prefect of deputy minister. So he has outgrown
1: deputy ministerial <laughs> jobs, so they had to promote him. Now, minister of state means he's a par with the minister, except that he's not the minister yes. for this portfolio. Yes, so he's minister of state at the ministry. And that's a portfolio that is a bit confusing sometimes because essentially you essentially have two senior ministers. Recall when the president made Matthew Poku Prime Minister for Education and made Professor uh, Yanka yeah, the well, Minister yeah. of State in charge of tertiary education. That was a bit complex for people. But Santa, you
6: know now the ministry um, 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 has added on responsibility. The president added decentralization.
1: Which is the purpose to of the local government. Ah, anyway. so,
6: so is the, is the Ministry of Local Government rural development, and decentralization. So the minister, which is Damboche, mm-hmm. may assign deputies or a minister of state to different responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So you'll be in charge of local governance. Mm-hmm. You'll be in charge of decentralization. You'll be in charge of this. So I'm sure in that particular wisdom is when the president made this up. But the information I'm also getting
1: mm-hmm. from
6: the House is that the, the minister himself, which is Dambuche, mm-hmm. may be reassigned okay. in some few weeks or months to come. Mm-hmm. So the information I'm picking is that this particular list is just a replacement. The real reshuffle should be... a should be coming in the next uh weeks or months.
1: Quota, we a, we a, quota, fish, quata,
6: quata, quata, quata by March. There should be... Last
1: year, we be a, a reshuffle yeah. So this is just a replacement. Re, <laughs> no, You're not going to get more anything more. Okay, that's the last one. So, right. so this is what I'm, I'm going to let look quickly look at. The government has not increased. The size of the government has not increased. Because let's count the number of people who left the yeah. government and the new news that came through. Who and who left? Charles Edo left. Charles, One. Yeah. Alan Chamantin, two. Dr. Friya yeah, three. Yeah, three, yeah, three yeah, left. Yeah. And then the Minister oh, for Justice, yes. four. Yeah. So four people have left the government as ministers. How yeah. many new faces joined today? Let's count the new faces that have come through. So Stephen Asamuabating. One. Um, Katie Hamon. Katie Hamon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brianna Champons, Champo- Three. Sticker. Four. four. So, four it's replacing the four. Same number, yes. So, no new addition. Yes. And the rest have just been rotated. Good. But the difference is that the cost of the government is going to go high. Why? Because a deputy minister is now made a so minister of state. state. So, the salary will be more, the VA to be bigger, the bodyguards will be... Already planting.
6: they drive a VA, already they have their bodyguards.
1: I'm just saying. But the, as a minister, there are some specs that you that come with you. And that, 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 that will not... If you're a deputy minister, you cannot have it. So, maybe the... The cost of the government has increased, not necessarily the size of the government. Is that, a, is that a fair thing to say, Sammy and uh, Niyakwe?
6: But you... you, you I, I think no. it was one of
1: the concerns
4: raised by a member of parliament that mm-hmm. I had an interview with, uh, the central town MP. So he's saying that if a deputy minister has been ele- elevated to the position of a minister of state, of course, you're going to have an increase in the salary and then some other benefits, which, of course, continuously would uh, lead Birding to... In the, purse. the yeah, expenditure going up and... Over the period, people have been calling for government to cut down on the size of government and you just go ahead to elevate people to that particular level. It, it, it just adds up to the expenses.
1: Sami?
6: Well, I agree with what are you saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is witness <laughs> News on 97.3 CTFM. Thank you so much. Sami are is our correspondent at the presidency. Uh, Nia Kweokain is our correspondent in the House of Parliament. And we're just discussing there the list um that has been announced by the by the Speaker of Parliament, and this announcement was made in the house. um let me get some more perspectives to this uh, professor okay professor uh, Ransford Jampo is a is is a political scientist with the university of ghana uh, let's do some analysis of this um i don't know whether I should call this Risha. for Prof you' welcome to Irene's news hey. I, I inadvertently, Thank you very much. I use the word reshuffle and people want to kill me. They say I should not say reshuffle. Do you agree there's not a reshuffle?
7: Oh, but um, don't say people want to kill you. When you called me behind the scene, you know, I told you that this is not reshuffle. Uh, this is simply filling vacant spaces in government. And filling vacant spaces in government is not coterminous with reshuffle. Generally, ministerial reshuffle or ministerial shuffles are explained in terms of the practice of rotating or changing governmental appointee ministers by a head of state after a thorough assessment of the performance of these appointee ministers who may have been in office for some time. Through this kind of assessment, the head of state gets to know ministers who must be maintained or ministers who must be moved um, horizontally from one ministry to the other, ministers who must be promoted, ministers who must be demoted, or ministers who must be sacked. So if you are talking about ministerial reshuffle, it's about rotation, it's about bringing change. But what we have seen now it's not really about rotation; it's about filling vacant spaces in government, and like I said, this is never to be misconstrued uh, with the idea of race shuffle. and I am a bit worried i mean we have we had heard that there was going to be a certain kind of race, shuffle, and those of us who had previously called you know for Ra were so much excited and looking forward. To, to, to it. But it appears that um, we've been disappointed. And in my view, the intransigence about the calls for race Fall um is quite snobbish and it is quite disrespecting um to the good people of the country who who owns the ultimate fiduciary power that the president seeks to exercise. It is also a severe affront the expression of dissent and unfortunately this is being um, um perpetrated by a president in whom we were well pleased in terms of his democratic pedigree i, I am quite disappointed because it's like uh, if you look at the post train, it's like you can call for ministerial reshuffle for all you care i will not listen to you and so some of us are beginning to have a feeling that look If you say it and make all the calls and say it over and over and over again, you will still not be listened to, and so you better shut up. And that is what I say that, I mean, that practice is a severe affront to the expression of dissent, and the expression of dissent in every democratic practice, the cardinal principle, that must be protected, and I expect somebody in the person of President Abu who, like I said, um, before he was elected, was known to be a serious Democrat, to be able to protect that practice. So refusing to pander to credible voices and public opinion, in my view, is not an achievement. You don't have to say that, well, they are they are talking our own-mindedness. It doesn't make you achieve um, anything. But on the contrary, it is democratically crude, regressive, and backward. to have a president who will say that, as for me, um, the people can make their calls, but I won't that to public opinion. It doesn't make you responsive um, to the interests of the people. It doesn't make you accountable um, to the people. With, with, beyond elections, the citizenry must also be accounted of, the president must be accountable to the citizens. And part of the mechanisms for demanding accountability in the inter-election period is for the citizens and credible voices and conscience of the nation to be able to express dissent or make calls and make demands on the, on the state and then also on the president. And when these things happen, you expect a president who believes in accountability to yield to some of these demands. It appears that um, the president doesn't want to listen to us.
1: Now, the president's head is on the government. Whatever goes wrong goes to him, and whatever goes right is for him. He knows what he's doing. He said that to us from 2017 when he appointed a government with the size of over 100 ministers, uh, he said that that's how many he needed to help him work, and he has been doing that. It's actually his prerogative now, and he's exercising that. We can only appeal, but our appeal, you don't know what the president knows. Uh, please, listen,
7: the president operates Um, a certain model of representation we call the mandate model of representation. Now, if a leader operates the mandate model of representation, what it means is that the person may have um, sold a certain policy prescriptions or ideas to the people in the leader up election. Now, if the people are touched or are convinced by those policy prescriptions and manifesto promises, and based on that, they vote for the president then the president can say, have the mandate of the people to govern. Now, if you have the mandate of the people to govern, ideally, because they are giving you that mandate, you don't really, in theory, pander to what they say. But the criticism or the challenge of the mandate model of representation is that, to the extent that whatever you do directly affects the ordinary people, to the extent that whatever your appointees and your ministers do affect we the ordinary people um we also have the right to tell you our mind and to demand that regardless of the fact that you have the mandate you must listen to us and so yes he is the one who will take praises and he is the one who will take blame but to the extent that the appointees work impact directly on we the ordinary people we have the right to make demands and when we make demands as a president who has a certain Who has told or exuded a certain democratic pedigree in the lead or before he was elected, he is mandated, uh, he is obliged to listen to us. That makes you um, a a leader who is accountable to the people. But it appears that um, the president knows that he may not be contesting another election again. And so um, sometimes you can see from the posturing and the way and manner. Some of these comments I ignored. That he doesn't really care. You can say whatever you want to
1: say. But you blame and, him. You uh, should blame the Constitution.
7: Well, the President owes it a duty to himself and to us to leave a certain positive legacy. And so even if the Constitution says that we can't go again, he must leave a certain legacy for us so that posterity would refer to it. But we cannot have a legacy that is left behind of a President who would say that you can have all the expression of dissent, you can make all the calls, and that I will not listen. One part of the expectation was that the president was going to be downsizing his government. But clearly, he's not done so. And yet, they are going about asking the good people of Ghana um, to sacrifice because times are hard. I lead a labor union, and we have not heard that call for sacrifice. We have not heard it, and will never hear it we only hear it when there is a palpable demonstration that those who are at the helm of affairs are sacrificing. And one of the means of determining that the president and his people want to sacrifice is for them to also downsize the government so that we know that they are sacrificing. We know that if they tell us that we should tighten our belts, we will not see them to have eaten and their tummies would have blossomed and then they may have loosened theirs. You will lose your belts and tell us to tighten our belts. We will not
1: understand. Thank you for speaking to us, Prof. This is my pleasure. That's Professor Ransford Jampo. He is with the University of Ghana as a political scientist. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF and broadcasting from in Accra. When we come back is the deadline for the DDE, the debt, D- domestic debt exchange program. So far, how far?
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens.
2: You're welcome back. Let's now do some other stories. The pensioners' bondholders who are demanding exemption from the government's debt exchange program since its inception once again picketed at the finance ministry today to drum home their demands. The retiree domestic investors held a similar protest yesterday to express dissatisfaction to the 15% coupon rate proposed by the government in the exchange program. The timeline for the registration of the program will not be extended after today. The convener for the pensioners bondholders, Dr. Edu Ananiuntri, spoke to City News. Uh,
8: 20,000 per annum on my investment of 100,000. And now you say, you pay me 15,000 per annum. What help have you given me? You have destroyed part of my life. It is not not the maturity that we are concerned with. Our concern is the regular income source. People knew their money was going to be there for more than five years. They opted for more than five years because they know they can allow their money to be with government for five years. So that is not an issue. And the government was going to extend this to uh, 15 or five. Mine is supposed to mature today, uh, this year. That is where I must get my money. And if now you are giving me four years or five years, what help have you given me? If I needed a four-year bill, I would have got a uh, four-year note or bond. So that is not the issue. It's not an important issue to us. The critical thing is the coupon. The coupon that you have planned your life around. You know every year you are going to get twenty thousand. So this twenty thousand every month it means you have about thousand two hundred or whatever that you use for your 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 medicine. Now your medicine is going up. So even that amount that you are enjoying the twenty percent. You, you 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 hope it has gone up to twenty five to thirty so that you can meet these expenses. Then somebody says the twenty five I won't give you again, I'm now going to give you fifteen, which is fifteen thousand. That gives you about thousand small money every month. You can use it to buy your drugs. Most of us the monies they we use to buy the drugs are coming solely from this
1: investment that we have put in government bonds.
2: Dr. Edu adani is the convener for the pensioners bondholders.
1: Well, last night after Eyewitness News, the Minister of Finance, Kenneth Rehata, made gave an address to the nation on the domestic debt exchange program. Today, his deputy, General Abnao Seassari, also spoke in Parliament on the debt exchange program. Let's listen to it. The debt,
9: domestic debt exchange. And, Mr. Speaker, based on the budget that was approved... Cabinet, um, Parliament gave us permission to spend compensation to a certain tune, And it's the same with uh, our borrowings, to a certain tube. And then capital expenditure, as well as goods and services. And for my friend on the other side to say that we are now going to borrow, these are funds that were approved for us to utilize previously. And government is saying, I'm engaging with you to make sure That due to the conditions in which I find myself now, I will not be able to, I will not be able to discharge what initially I had agreed with you. And Mr. Speaker, let me put it on record that the pension funds are not part of this exercise that we are doing. Just to correct my friend on the other side, pension funds are not part of the exercise that we are engaging now. Mr. Speaker, they are not part of it. All these um, various bondholders, we have, be, we have been able to engage them. We did it with the banks, we did it with the insurance companies. And I know that last week when we met um, the business committee of the House, the leadership of the House, we mentioned that once Parliament comes through, we will come and brief the House on how far and the steps that we have taken to get to where we are. So, Mr. Speaker, Parliament was on recess. Parliament went on the 23rd. Parliament has just resumed. And we mentioned it last week when we met the House, uh, the leadership, that this is what we intend to do, to come and breathe the House. So I think my brothers on the other side are jumping the gun. A little patience. And and let's not muddy the waters out there, Mr. Speaker. Uh, Mr. Speaker, let's not muddy the waters out there. We have done the engagement. Yes, it is true that we haven't been able to engage Parliament. But Mr. Speaker... We sounded the call to Parliament. We haven't been able to engage Parliament. But, Mr. Speaker, we have engaged various bondholders. We have engaged various bondholders as a responsible government. And we will continue to do that. We are in this together, Mr. Speaker. This is the stage where we are. And we need everybody to come on board to make sure that we stay the affairs of this economy. We can do our politics later. But it's the nation that is that needs our help at this moment.
1: Now, Oseasari, MP for Itua East and Deputy Minister for Finance. Let's speak to Senor Husi. He leads the Individual Bondholders Forum, Um, has been campaigning and meeting with the government on the DDE. Senor, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Yesterday, the Minister of Finance spoke and said, Buaminamin Mwau, to it, help me, let me help you. He's essentially asking us, to help him fix the economy. You've just heard that the Deputy Minister also saying that the politics aside, let's fix the economy, let's help each other. Um, what is the state of affairs as the deadline, today being the deadline, what do you know, what's been happening in the market?
10: Okay, uh, well, for starters, we have not been against the concept of the DDE. We have maintained we support the DTE But we do not support the inclusion of individuals because it is inimical to the recovery of the economy. Individuals are the primary source of loanable funds that fund the wheels of an economy. When you crash their confidence in the financial sector through things like DDE, it becomes more complicated for individuals to help the economy recover. So that is a no go. We are not against the conceptual frame of a DDE, I've mentioned to you, I've subjected my company, which is an institution regulated and also benefiting from safety net to the DDE, but for individuals, that is a no-go because of the economic and social catastrophic implications. So we are not against it. So we are very happy that government has come to the end of this program. It is very important that the deal is resolved quickly. And if government has achieved that today, we can only commend government achieving that. Unfortunately, on the market, we've seen some conducts that are unethical and also illegal. We've seen pressure coming from different quarters compelling banks to try and force customers to try and tender or accept the DP. That is illegal. That is unethical. That is immoral. The risk of that is that tomorrow the same customer will come and tell you, I accepted it under duress. Who is really going to take responsibility for that? That in itself the contract. But I move to take a step back to the minister's submissions yesterday. All well and good. That's a big mistake. If God helps those who help themselves. That is what we should have heard. One government must take responsibility for the state of the economy. Government should have led the way by taking fiscal adjustments, cutting its expenditure. Today, we have had the appointment of new ministers. We haven't seen a reduction in the size. If we're moving existing ministers around to fill the holes and reduce the total size of ministers, that would have been a positive sign. On that note, I commend my my former Deputy Minister of Energy Um, uh, I mean, Adam, on on his appointment, he's so qualified and fit for that particular job. But that's somebody in the system. Why are we bringing more new people to rather replace other than reduce the size of government? Who really increases his expenditure when he's broke? Does that person look like somebody who needs help? If I owe you, and I'm rather come to tell you that I'm going to release a new V8, and I'm now going to take a vacation with my children in Maldives, Will I look like somebody who needs some support? Unfortunately, the government statements have not been right. So I don't think that the minister should be talking about No. And that and that, and that anybody, is lacking. That, that unfortunately has been lacking, and that's was one of the things that frustrated this entire process. But I think that we've which a uh, state of uh, state of affairs. But I'm sure. Over time, wisdom will prevail. But this management of affairs, I don't think was optimal. But the DDE coming to a closure is necessary for the country. And we I commend the finance minister that at least he's reached a conclusion. You may not agree with the house, the how he did it or not, but he's actually re- reached a conclusion. And whatever they get, whether they hit the eighty percent or they don't hit it to the eighty percent, there's a lot of room for them to use fiscal measures to address the problem. And I will encourage government to think hard about it. Otherwise, in another two years, if we continue with this kind of fiscal conduct, we'll be back to another GDE, And only God knows what will happen in this economy at, 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 at that point in time. And that, I see, it, I see in 2025, easily happening. Yep. First case, 2026 yep. happening. Mm-hmm. So we need to fix things right now.
1: What do you know about whether or not the government has succeeded in getting what it was really looking for as of tonight? Do you know whether this was a success or a failure?
10: I would look, any tendering, anybody, I mean, at getting the institutions to tender, whether wholly or partial, is still a success. Any effort to reduce government expenditure and debt burden on the debt operation side which is not direct fiscal activity, is is a success. So don't let's not make a debate as to whether it's 80% or seventy. Even if you get fifty percent, and one down the people that we offer for what is going to be is a part of this, is the central bank. The central bank is practically the single largest creditor to the country and uh, to the government, central government. So they are the ones whose centering will matter than everybody. If they alone even do it, and you have the banks also do it, easily you are past fifty percent easily you are past almost 50 percent then of course we have insurance coming and all that we will get some decent number and it will be good for the economy but the things that must support it will be government fiscal conduct we are not seeing the signs we are not hearing the declarations. and for me as an economic policy analyst as a businessman i am very 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 concerned and worried. i'm also happy that throughout this process we've been able to achieve education Get people proper information for them to make sound and informed decisions. That may make decisions out of fear, but still you had the information which used not to be there. We will also be able. We've also been able to achieve a shifting in government's offer for individuals from a very terrible was zero to twelve, a year, fifteen-year paper to what you currently have at ten and fifteen percent over a period of of fifteen years. Unfortunately, we are not able to achieve the legal assurances that would have made the offer meaningful, and for which reason we did not encourage members or individuals to participate in the tender. But those who did, all well and good, we are all going to serve towards making the economy well. Those who didn't, of course, you have your assurances. Be confident and comfortable that you have also served your country by trying to insist on the right fiscal conduct, but also trying to commit to accept the responsibility of a citizen honoring your taxes, that government has now introduced as part of the solutions towards curing our debt crisis. Okay. We've all submitted to it, and that's fine.
1: Let's leave it here. But thank I- you. Th- thank you so much uh, for, for speaking to us. Senor Jose is um, the convener of the Individual Bondholders Forum. Um, and so tonight is the deadline. Uh, the Minister of Finance gave an address to the nation last night. You earlier heard the Minister of Finance. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are coming to you from our studios in Adabraka, in Accra. Um, before we go for the business news, there are some updates uh, from Turkey. Uh, let, let me have that. And it says that the Ghana's ambassador to Turkey, Francisca Ashiti Odunten, has confirmed to City News that all Ghanaian students who are in areas affected by the earthquake are safe and are being catered for. More than 4,000 people have died and rescuers, rescuers are racing against time to pull survivors out of the rubble after a devastating earthquake ripped through Turkey and Syria, leaving destruction and debris on each side of the border. Ghanaian footballer Christian Chu was trapped under the rubble, but after several hours, he was rescued. Speaking to City News, the ambassador, Francisca Ashite, Ashite ODuntin revealed that her outfit it's put in efforts to ensure the safety of Ghanaians in Turkey. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And we have Point Blank coming up next. But before then, the leaders in the world of business.
0: Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the
1: details. details. Every significant financial transaction.
0: Every market movement. And all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed.
2: Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nashika Cesar. Let's settle for the details. An economist, Professor Godfrey Bobkin has stated that government should not force individual bondholders to participate in the domestic debt exchange program as they are not a critical success factor to the viability of the DDE program. He notes that with the participation of most financial institutions, government is likely to meet at least 50% out of its 80% target. The finance minister Ken Ofuriata in his address on Monday warned that the exclusion of individual bondholders in the program will hamper efforts by the government to revive the economy. Reacting to the comment, Professor Godfred Bobkin urged the government not to burden individual bondholders but rather focus on improving its expenditure and dealing with fiscal matters.
11: I think that certainly we could have done better and we should have resolved this a bit earlier if the ministry had adopted the right approach. The approach is as important as the outcome. Okay, so I think and uh, if you see, we can also see that the ministry has made a lot of progress from the original debt testing that was announced on the 5th of, on the 5th of December. So now you can see that there's been a lot of progress. And, and, and from the initial outright rejection, uh, the amended, which was also rejected, even including the association of banks. But now you've seen that the financial institutions are largely on board. Okay, so if you look at Bank of Ghana and then banks alone, they own more than 50%. And then we have insurance, the insurance association, we have securities association, all of them on board. I think that with that and together with uh, some level of expenditure-based fiscal consolidation, I think we should be able to make good progress without burdening individual bondholders unnecessarily. So any delay in assessing the IMF program, and for that matter in restoring macroeconomic stability, cannot and should not be blamed on the refusal of individual bondholders to surrender their bond. No, not at all. That would not be a reflection of the narrative.
2: That was economist Godfred Bobkin. Meanwhile, the Pensioner Bondholders Forum has indicated that claims by the Finance Minister Ken Oforiata that the economy won't collapse if the individual bondholders refuse to sign on to the domestic debt exchange program isn't true. Ms Oforiata, in a press briefing yesterday, appealed to the various stakeholders involved in the DDEP, including pensioners, to be part of the haircut. The restructuring program is part of efforts by Government to access a $3 billion loan from the IMF to return the country back to fiscal stability. Today is the deadline for the program, however. Despite government's best efforts, the pensioners have rejected calls for their inclusion in the program. Dr. Edu Ananianchi is a convener of the Pensioner Bondholders Forum.
8: If this nation will collapse because pensioners did not tender in their homes, then I will not uh, see any reason why uh, pension funds were exempted. You can't ask the, the young ones who are still working not to help this nation, but you want the elderly who have gone on pension and are resting there somewhere and just waiting for small, small money to buy their medicine. You want them rather to come and help if we are supposed to help to save this nation, why did you ask the young ones not to help? But you agree that the young ones should not help, but the old men should come and help. Menti Bida, Russia is at war, and Russia will say, young men, wait, old men, go and fight. I want somebody to answer me, is that what we want to do? The pension funds are reserved for, so for me, why the Penishing fans will think that when they don't come on board, there will be no need? We also don't have to come on board.
2: Dr. Edu Anani Enchi is the convener for the pensioners bondholders forum. Away from that, the Ghana Union of Traders Association, Guta, is calling on the government to reverse the decision to ban the importation of second-hand electrical appliances for further engagement. According to Guta, a ban on the sale of used appliances could further worsen the unemployment situation in the country as the trade is a source of livelihood for thousands of Kenyans. Clement Boatin is the first vice chairman of Guta and he says government needs to halt the decision for further stakeholder engagements.
0: If I tell you the people that are in employment in this business, people in this business all over Ghana go to Tamale, they are there, go to Kumasi, they are there, go to Takoradi, they are there, go to uh, uh, Akra here, they are there, go to Medina, they are all over Ghana. So if you say you are going to place a total ban, on these goods, then a lot of people are going to be out of employment. And we are all aware that when we talk of employment in this country, it is the private sector that has generated a lot of employment. Government has, or the, the public sector has, has, has generated employment uh, close to just one million uh, people. All employment in this country are being generated by, 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 the, by the private sector. So if you say you are going to place a total ban on the importation of these items, then a lot of of people are going to be out of business. So what we are saying is, let's still come to a stakeholder engagement, let's discuss about the issue, and let's all come to an amicable settlement.
2: Clement Barton is the first vice-chairman of Guta. Now, telco company Telesel says it will focus on improving service delivery once it begins operations in the country. The company has made significant progress in acquiring 70% stake in Vodafone, Ghana and is expected to take over the entity soon. Speaking to City Business News, board chairman of Telesel Group, Nicholas Berg provided more details on the investment his outfit will make in infrastructure, in a bit to achieve this feat? Uh,
12: well, we have a big plan in terms of uh,
3: optimized infrastructure. Uh, we plan to, um, to uh, add 2,000 more towers, so to, to, um, to uh, increase the coverage and the quality, and that's going to be on 4G mainly. Um, we, we plan to launch different services. Uh, But we want to keep a bit the surprise. But uh, the idea is uh, to optimize the quality and the service.
2: That was the board chairman of Telesol Group, Nicholas Berg. And that's all for City Business News on Eyewitness News powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nashika Cesar. Up next is Point Blank.
6: let your voice be heard on eyewitness news on facebook at facebook.com forward slash city 97.3 twitter at twitter.com forward slash city 973 and instagram at instagram.com forward slash city 973 with the hashtag eyewitness news
0: eyewitness news be there as it happens
1: This is Point Blank on Eyewitness News. My name is Omar Sandaman. we'll tell you more on what transpired in Parliament on Day 1 of sitting since the NDC changed its leadership at the front, on its side. But before then, there is a disaster in the Ashanti region. The roof of a school's dining hall collapsed. That's the Edraman Anglican Senior High School in the Ashanti region. And we are told many students were injured, and this happened during dining time. Hafiz Tijani is our correspondent in the Ashanti region. is uh, what has been happening?
12: Well, so on Monday, uh, in the evening of Monday, students of the, the Roman Anglican Senior High School went to uh, have their uh, dining at the dining hall. So this structure has served the students for the past 20 years, and... Uh, It's a pavilion, if I should call it, because it is just um, a uh, half-block structure with uh, the roofing uh, erected with wood. And that has served the students, past students of the school and current students of the school for the past 20 years, I'm told and it has been there, and the building itself has developed cracks on the walls, and the uh, wooding that has been used to erect the roofing of the building uh, has uh, developed some uh, form of, uh, or has become so weak. So uh, when the storm came yesterday, uh, it ripped off the building and then brought it down while the students were there. So about 400 students, we are told, were at the facility or in the structure when the roof came down. And some of them managed to escape, but for some 50 of them who were not lucky, they were uh, trapped and they were hit by the roof of the structure and they were rushed to the Israel government's hospital.
1: I see. Now, out of the ones who were rushed there, how many have been discharged, how many are still on admission, and how critical were the injuries?
12: So, yesterday, when the incident happened, 47 of them were taken to the hospital. This morning, three others were taken to the hospital, making a total of 50 students who sustained injuries. So, we're told that one person had a fracture, so that person will be referred to uh, a specialist hospital at the And the five others whose condition was very critical, uh, they have been managed by the doctors there, and 28 of them so far have been discharged from the hospital, and the remaining are still been monitored. As at this afternoon, the medical superintendent of the Adria government hospital said that they had taken some x-ray, so they are monitoring to get the results, so they uh, would see how their condition will be, whether or not they would discharge them.
1: Thank you so much for speaking to us. Hafiz Tijani is our correspondent in the Ashanti region. (laughs) Let's go to Parliament now. The House resumed today. The Speaker of Parliament gave an address. In that address, he made announcements from the presidency and also um, the NDC's own announcement that was sent to him about the new leadership and other issues. Let's listen.
13: Of the leadership, led by Honorable Haruna Idrisu, must be applauded too. Their record of performance is visible for all to see and I hope the new leadership will continue to draw from their fountain of wisdom, truth of wealth and experience. I know what it entails, as a veteran of this journey and experience, to lead a populous minority caucus in Parliament. All I can say to the former leaders is, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. When one door closes, many doors open. And I tell you for sure that many of the open doors are better and higher than the closed door. Look at the open doors and not the closed one. With this, I welcome all of you once more, and I wish you all a very happy and prosperous New Year. Just a word on the sitting at a glance. During this meeting, the House has 61 bills to consider, 61, 49 instruments represented, 230 papers are also ready to be presented to the house. And you have already filed 827 questions. Some are very urgent, and some are normal questions. Additionally, there will be 34 private members' motions, and three petitions. These are already before the House, and so clearly, this will be a very busy meeting. All I can say is to plead with members, having come from such a strenuous races to focus on plenary sessions for us to be able to transact this business. We definitely have a lot on our plate for this sitting. There are urgent issues that require resolution, most of which are as a result of the state of our economy and the social issues arising therefrom. The electorates are looking up to us to help find solutions to these essential issues. If there is a time that we as members of parliament ought to set aside our partisan clocks, and think Ghana, it is now. I am confident that with the Almighty God on our side we will together ride the current storm. And let me at this juncture on behalf of the Parliament of Ghana add my prayers to the many supplications being made on behalf of our former Black Stars player, Christian you, who we are told has been pulled from the rubble of the earthquake, that ravaged parts of Turkey and Syria yesterday. We wish him a speedy recovery. And with this, honorable members, I thank you for your attention. I would want to give opportunity to the new leadership of the minority, if they have a word to say, they we say it now, and then the leader of the house, the majority leader, will also have a word before we can move on. Yes, so, is it? No. Uh, it's proper for the leader to hear him before. Yes, please. You know. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker, not long ago, in January 7, 2009, I took the very first step in this chamber towards becoming a representative for the people of Ijumakon and in the central region of Ghana. Mr. Speaker, 14 years on, as a young, fresh legislature, I have the unique honor of being entrusted with the leadership of the minority caucus the 8th Parliament of the Fourth Republic. With this, Mr. Speaker, and with all humility, I recognize this as the greatest honor done me and my new leadership colleague, made up of Honorable Amar Kofibwa, Honorable Kwame Abuja, Honorable Ahmed Ibrahim, and Honorable Comfort Doyo. Mr. Speaker, we wish to convey our profound gratitude to our party, the great NDC in particular, and our colleagues on the minority side for this opportunity to serve at an even higher level and to help shape the trajectory of Parliament. Again, Mr Speaker, I would like to express on behalf of my colleagues our profound appreciation and thanks to the immediate past minority leader and my senior brother, the Honourable Haruda Idrissu, for his many years, for his many years of distinguished public service and his telling leadership of the Minority Caucus since twenty seventeen. Mr. Speaker, his is an honorable political and legislative career which has become a reference point for many who aspire to participate in Ghanaian politics and particularly in public service. Again, Mr. Speaker, I would like to endeavor to continue on the admirable path he has charted in the helm of the minority caucus and to live up to the very lofty standards that he has laid down in its leadership. I know for sure, Mr. Speaker, that I can count on his wise counsel and tap in his vast knowledge and experience in parliamentary practices and leadership going forward. Similarly, Mr. Speaker, our deep appreciation goes to the immediate past Deputy Minority Leader and the Chief Honorable Muntaka and Honorable James Cloutier Adwoji, respectively. Mr. Speaker, both gentlemen have been the very backbone in which the Minority Caucus has linked all these years. Their masterful perspective on the affairs of this House have enhanced the work of the caucus and in Parliament as a whole. We in the minority are privileged to have them as part of our caucus. To my colleagues on the minority side, we pledge to offer a fair and unbiased, balanced, consultative and principled leadership in our journey to broaden the frontiers of parliamentary oversight and to hold the Kufuado and the large Baumiya government to account in a manner that helps deliver public goods. As a speaker, to my colleagues on the majority side, I wish to convey from this side of the House that even as we remain firm, resolute and principled in our journey to discharge our oversight duties as a caucus, we shall not be needlessly obstructionist. in as much as what is under consideration is in the interest of the people of Ghana. And the right process and requirements have been adhered to. Again, Mr. Speaker, just yesterday, our minister responsible for finance informed the nation that Ghana needs an IMF bailout by March 2023, else our economy will crash. It is interesting to note that it is the same finance minister who recently said that Ghana, I can tell you in quotes, that I can tell you we are not going back to IMF. Whatever we do, we are not going back. The consequences are there. We are a proud nation. We have the resources. We have the capacity. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. We are not a people of short sight. And we live that. Mr. Mr. Speaker, the people of Ghana look up to us to mount a barrier between them and the western standards of governance, especially because of the hung nature of this parliament. Mr. Speaker, this demands the highest level of scrutiny of government policies and activities to prevent the infliction of more damage and pain on an already weary and overburdened populace. It is unclear, based on the history of the the majority side in this House, in the 8th Parliament, whether they are motivated, like we are, to put the brakes on the very poor governance we have seen so far. Mr Speaker, I can say with all the confidence I can master that we, on the minority side, mean business, and we are up to the task. Again, Mr. Speaker, we are simply unwilling to countenance any more bad governance, and we will insist on the highest level of performance from all government officials and institutions over whom this Parliament has oversight and jurisdictions. We are unwilling to be part of any negligence of duty of any sort, and neither shall we tolerate any lackadestical attitude towards the work of this House by public officials. We will maintain the highest level of vigilance and offer intense scrutiny of government programs, policies, agreements, bills, and legislative instruments. We will also not compromise on what we we earnestly believe to be the right thing. Again, Mr. Speaker, this is our solemn pledge as the minority caucus, under my leadership to the people of Ghana. Finally, Mr. Speaker, I wish to thank you, Mr. Speaker, for your strong leadership. Of this House I, and, the, and, and the very long years of public service, Mr. Speaker, I look forward to working closely with you and the members of Parliament in this, in, in this my new capacity as the minority leader and to ensure a smooth and orderly execution of our mandate as Parliament on behalf of the people of Ghana. I thank you so much, Mr. Speaker, for the opportunity. Thank you. Yeah.
1: That was the Honorable KZ Latu Forcing you were listening to. He is the new leader of the minority side in Parliament. And that will be it for Eyewitness News for tonight. My name is Umaru Sandama, the production by Beverly London. And the technical support from Daniel question. Edwin Kwakofi was supporting us from the new media side of things. Thank you for listening. Up next is City Trends with Philip Kofi Ashong. Have a good night.
5: City News, we speak first. Reach our hotline on 0302-224959 and get interactive on Facebook, City97.3 FM and on Twitter at City973.